Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every X-Men story from A to Z. I'm Adam. I'm Zach, and today we have with us a special guest. She's one of my favorite people in comics uh, and in general. It's Leah Williams. She's been on the show a lot. Go give her a round of applause, everybody. It's Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, we, we joked about this the last time we did, or we had you on the show, uh, that we've been doing these annual check-ins and they have all been milestones in, uh, your career. Uh, the first one was of course, uh, when we, when you had X-Men Gold, uh, the annual and then with Extremists and with, uh, X-Factor. Uh, but now, Leah, in that last... Uh, time we did one of these, we made a joke about how uh, the next time we had you on, you were going to be like the center of a line-wide crossover. <laughs> oh, I like to no. say, we weren't, we were way closer than I think any of us when we were joking thought about. <laughs> so congratulations on X-Men, colon, The Trial of Magneto, a five-part miniseries that comes out this Wednesday uh, featuring uh, yourself and uh, Lucas Wernick on art. Yeah, wow, I had totally forgotten about us joking about that. It's true, like, every time I've been on your podcast, it's it's like an annual check-in in in my head. I, I kind of bookmark the different chapters of my career with this particular podcast appearance and talking to you guys about it because it's been that way from the very start. Um, so, you know, why, why stop now? But exactly. I, I hope until that, you get too big name for us, really. Oh, I don't think that would happen. I hope that the, I don't, I don't, I'm sure that we did joke about me um, having a crossover in the last, edition of of this podcast with me on it um and i hope that my response to it was saying that i would never want to do that or be the center of attention like that because i still feel that way and yet (laughs) and and yet uh and this will be this will be spoilers for your x-factor run are going to be abounding in this so i know it's a couple issues behind on marvel unlimited folks so if you're reading that way and don't want to be spoiled maybe check us out in a month or two uh, and we're, we'll touch on Trial of Magneto. So again, if you want to go in cold, this is not going to be the podcast for you. We're not going to spoil anything, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, hey, Leah, you didn't want to be the center of attention, but you killed somebody who just had a, a Disney Plus show? Uh, you <laughs> did that. And did you think that that wasn't going to get attention? Um, I, I, I... No, I didn't because I, when I pitched that, it was as an X Factor story, and mm-hmm. um, you know X Factor doesn't have the same readership that X Men <laughs> does, <laughs> and lo and behold, it ended up being such a popular pitch 
that they canceled X Factor so that I could just write Trial of Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a bittersweet situation, though. You know, Trial of Magneto. I think in the in the first issue, it's it isn't not an X Factor story. Like, like yeah. there, there's a lot of X Factor in there. Yeah, they're kind of crucial to the whole operation because it's still a Turns murder Turns out they investigate murders, don't they? Right, exactly. Just because a book's canceled doesn't mean people don't do the thing they were already doing. It's still a part of the world building of Krakoa. Like, murders are not going away. X-Factor is still doing their thing because they're integral to the whole resurrection operation and providing proof of death and that kind of thing. They work with the five. So, um... It, it's not like that's being undone um, or retconned. They're still going to be doing their thing even, you know, after Trial of Magneto when they're they're no longer, like, doing their thing on the page. I think one of the cool things about this issue that, that I don't know if people are going to expect is, aside from it just feeling like uh, maybe the next arc of X-Factor, is you have teams and places interacting that... Uh, haven't necessarily before so i don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler but we have characters from x factor and interacting with x force or x-men um we get to see a little bit of um you know the council and you know you're in uh the pilot seat how does it feel getting to write all of these different characters from across krakoa a bit nerve-wracking just because of how expedited this project was and how fast everything happens. It, like, there was no way of getting around the fact that I'm going to be all up in everybody's business, all up in the other ex-writers' business and their plans and, um, you know, using their cast and uh, interfering with their timeline um, and, and that kind of thing. And I'm very fortunate to work with the people that I do. Um, because it never had to be a me problem, you know, it was always mm -hmm. an us problem. And all of my colleagues were very, very accommodating and kind um, about me, you know, kind of needing to throw a wrench in the works <laughs> or uh, <laughs> ask for, you know, can I like use your cast for this and, and that kind of thing. No, I, uh, I I know a lot has been said about the collaborative nature of uh, the X-Men writers uh, over the last, what, two years now? Shoot. And it's, it's good to hear that that has been continuing for you as you jump into this new project. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would not have survived this um, without the great people that I work with. I just think that they are you know, the most brilliant and compassionate people that um, I've ever had the fortune of working with. And mm -hmm. I, I hope it continues. I, I just love these people dearly. Before, before we talk about what's still coming, let's, let's swing back a bit and talk about what has come. So X Factor uh, has ended. This was, this was a book I know you had talked about having a lot grander plans on. Uh, how did, you know, with this coming and being such a big popular pitch, uh, how did that end up changing your plans to, uh, you know, 
keep X Factor going? Because you were you were playing with some interesting threads right up there through the end. I mean, with I mean, you started a book with Mojo and the Mojoverse, Leah, and then you went into mm-hmm. uh, you went into talking about the Morrigan, which are possibly not the first two X Men concepts that I think people think about. Um. Yeah i I had the third arc um, pretty much mapped out already. There was going to be some really big stuff happening. Uh, this, you know, trial of Magneto thing was actually a much later pitch. It was supposed to be after. Uh, it was going to be like my my fifteenth issue big cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, my plans, um, for me, the big switch that I can tell uh, of, of when X Factor was canceled and um, you know when that is really reflected in the books is uh, issue nine. So issue nine is when it reads differently uh, because I think it's it's really obvious how how crammed and rushed it is. And the next factor ten is um, I don't know. It was kind of my first experience learning how little control I have um, once these wheels start moving. Like there are mm-hmm. pages mm. I didn't write. Uh, <laughs> and were added to the issue after the fact. There's dialogue that I didn't write. And I kind of found out about a lot of stuff the same time that readers did. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's that's how this works. Then, <laughs> Like, I am not the final stop on, on a train at any time. Um, this is a huge company and, you know, this is their IP and they're allowed to do that kind of thing um, without me being involved in the process. Um, so that was uh, kind of a difficult experience, um, and it the reason was they wanted me focused on Trial of Magneto, and because you know that was such a a rush to uh, get that in the works and get that art done as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's how it ended up going down like that. Um, And uh, I kind of mentioned in like the data page, which I had to do three drafts of my Mm -hmm. like final letter to readers. They made me do three different drafts of it (laughs) because (laughs) um, I was giving away too much of what the previous plans had been. And, you know, they didn't want it to reflect poorly on this being, like, a last-minute decision um, and, you know, make it look like it was planned all along. Can't let people know that Lorna was going to do a one-woman prison breakout uh, (laughs) or any of this other badass stuff that you had planned. Um, (laughs) Prodigy was going to like ruin that guy's life top to bottom um mm. in in my version of it he was going to pass the california bar exam <laughs> because he can just do that and he can yeah um 
yeah. Uh, so it, it, it was interesting to learn that. And um, uh, Trial of Magneto, I hope people are going to like it. I hope it's going to be worth it. Um, it was explained to me as being like the biggest thing I've, I've participated in. And so far I can really tell a difference in that because I have never had this much attention before. Well, I, I'd say that, uh, anytime that Marvel brings out, uh, Jazzy John Romita Jr. Uh, to do a big promo image announcing a book. <laughs> After, what, like seven years of him being at uh, the DC Comics Corporation? I'd, I'd say mm -hmm. they're, they're putting a little bit of attention on, no, you want to look at this. <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a fair statement. It's a good sign. <laughs> uh, it, it's unfortunate that uh, the ending wasn't as you had intended, but I think for a lot of people, the rest of X-Factor in general was a book that meant a lot to them and had a lot mm -hmm. going into it. Uh, even even with what you uh, were able to do with just the 10 issues you and David Baudion, uh really had, it was definitely like, like I told you, not as your friend, just as a person who reads X-Men. It's one of my favorite books. I really liked it. And that's not just because I asked to see Dayken's Hog in one of the issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really special for me and David, too. Like, we became um, co-conspirators, partners in crime, and mm -hmm. we started working really closely together throughout X Factor because um, when we first came into it, it was coming out of Gwenpool Strikes Back, which was like the most brutal creative boot camp the two of us could have endured together um, since it was like, okay, now take everything you've learned about comics and break it. <laughs> right. Like, go past mm. your threshold for what you think is normal on the page and, and go as far beyond that as possible. So X Factor comparatively was a lot technically easier, but um, for the two of us, we were still, like he and I are both restless tinkerers where we are always mm -hmm. constantly turning something over and looking at it from a new angle to find what the best possible mode of storytelling is. So X Factor was like our baby. We were so, so into that project. And like the way that we both cried when we found out that it was canceled and we weren't going to be working together anymore. Mm. It was like when you're, leaving summer camp knowing that you are never coming back again and mm -hmm. like you you treasure this experience and found the best friends of your life but also you know there is no going back it was it was heartbreaking um mm. and yeah. we we like really treasured that book and had huge plans um so when uh, I found out that it was canceled, um, I, I went to David and I was like, okay, so here's what my list of stuff that I think we have to address um, looks like. Uh, what's your list? 
and it was the same list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we had our oh, same sort of bucket list of here's what means the most to me as a creator in finishing this series out. Um, and not all of it was possible. Um, and not all of it was uh, kept um, intact. Uh but we were able to get the iBoy stuff in there that meant a lot mm-hmm. to both of us. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll always have that. And it, it doesn't change the like work dynamic between the two of us. Like I right. love David. He is one of the most brilliant people I know. And I think he's an enormously gifted storyteller. I cannot wait to work with him again. Um, I don't want to like belabor sticking on the end of uh, X Factor for too long, but th- I think based on what you said earlier, I think listeners will be surprised at what you said about like the end product not necessarily being um, just your and David's work. Um, there's so much going on in that last issue. It has to be a Hellfire Gala crossover. We have to get the explanation of how Prodigy died. Um, and I know just based on, you know, uh, what Zach's told me about conversations that you guys have had that there was a little, there was dissatisfaction with how that issue turned out. And, um, just curious if you could speak to that. And I think you mentioned something before the air that maybe something's been corrected. Yeah. So there were some stuff I wasn't even aware of until, uh, you know, I, I found out at the same time that readers found out and it's like, okay, so if I didn't script that, how did it end up on the page? How did it go to print like that? Could it well, have ended up on the page? Just, just, to, just to be clear, are we talking about the stuff involving David and his, uh, his death? Uh, prodigy. Yeah. Like not David Baldion, but you know. Yeah. That's an, that's an important distinction <laughs> here. I think that's, that's fair to, Yes. Yes, David is David alive Baudillon and well. Is, as as of recording, David Baudillon is alive and well. Yeah, he and I would uh, confuse each other sometimes by doing the same thing. So we just got into the habit of saying "prodigy" when we're talking to each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, but there's there's lots of stuff. Like, um, for example. So Shatterstar became the new Krakoan god of battle. Hmm. Okay. So you didn't read that. That's news to you? I don't recall happening in the issue, which was Shatterstar becoming, what was it? The god of battle? The new Krakoan god of battle. So one of the... Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't in, that that was not in that issue because our our friend Charlie Davis would have... I I know, when they read the issue and responded to it, I thought that's what they were reacting to. That specifically. Yeah. And I had no idea that that line had been taken out. So basically the, the whole thing is like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing world building and kind of fleshing out this new pantheon of, um, omegas and, and that kind of thing. And to me, it looks like we're writing creation myths in, Mm -hmm. in the X-Men world. So I um, had this ending for the Morgan that the Morgan stuff that was like, you can't 
kill a god. You can only repurpose the magic. So it was like, it got... That's in yeah, the issue. Yeah, it got... It That's got, in there. Stuff got absorbed into Shaddy Buns. Uh, but it was... I, I would say it was vague on what that meant. I think that is a fair statement to make. No, I like textually said that... Um, he would become the Krakoan god of battle, and that siren would become the new uh, Krakoan god of uh, what was it? Uh, rebirth and healing. Yeah, because I, the Morgan's powers awesome. are like the Morgan. Um, you know, was like OP for a god. She right mm. uh, was the the god of death, battle, and healing. And I mean, Krakoa pretty much already has a god of healing that's Elixir. Uh, but the other two aspects of it, I thought, would be um, perfect for Shatterstar and Siren. And Siren's new power up was going to be that she could talk to the dead. Like, she could hear dead people, which was going to be huge for murder investigations because it means that, um, (laughs) yeah, like, she can talk to the remains. Um, So it would have been been, uh, pushing pushing daisies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or Sixth Sense. Yeah. Okay, yes, but I feel like, I gotta feel like X Factor has a bit more of the whimsy of pushing daisies than uh, the feel of Sixth Sense. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are we talking about just sort of like some of the script being eliminated? Are we talking about some of David's art not making it? And no, David's art like made it. The final Yeah. Okay. So so the final book is containing extra words that you didn't write and maybe some artwork that you didn't have eyes on. Is that a good way of phrasing it um so a lot of the the stuff that i wrote got changed um in terms of like the dialogue and the captions and i i couldn't even tell Mm. you uh what exactly um just because it it was so rushed uh that i i had no idea how many cooks were in the kitchen you know um Mm -hmm. wow and uh the the stuff with david was like really what i was focused on um david prodigy no correct no (laughs) david baldeon okay 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 (laughs) yes okay um because he's been so integral as my like co-creator and uh partner in all of this that i really really wanted to honor that um and make sure that the stuff that he was drawing felt satisfying and he was happy um so that was my priority after looking at the loose ends that you know i needed to tie up and that list i presented to david of like okay so here's my list of what i think uh is most important to get taken care of um and then after that Uh, because there's two other artists who worked on that issue. Like, that's how Mm -hmm. rushed this was. David uh, Messina and uh, your your cohort over on Trial of Magneto, Lucas Wernick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, 
in the given circumstances, both of them did a great job, um, despite the rush and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think that they both tried to fulfill uh, going out with the bang um, in, in this, and they knew it was the last issue of the series and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, it is a pretty kind of packed and jumbled issue, um, but that's, that's kind of, I guess, the business. That's, that's what happens. Um, and there was stuff that I was extremely unhappy with um, mm-hmm. ending up in the issue. And I, uh, so to give a specific example, there's a shot of like Prodigy's dead body and it's naked and I didn't script that. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with it. I'm not sure how mm. it ended up in the final thing. And I actually um, made a few notes uh, going into it because I didn't see the finalized art. Um, mm-hmm. I saw sketches and uh, I made notes like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Hey, we should not do this. Um, it took the kind of public outcry to change it. So what what do you mean by changed it? I guess that's that's uh, something that I'm a little unclear on. Uh, the art was redrawn. Oh, if if I download it today, is it different? Um, it's it's uh, different online um, right now and will be different in print versions um, in the future. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's that. That's well, something that I was unaware of. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, you weren't. I talked to you well, about uh, this. Okay, yes, but my podcast character who oh. is hearing this for the first time, <laughs> Leah. Okay, the, okay. The, the the me the me who I think I think people on the show understand that you you and me have been friendly over the years. Uh, the the me who is balancing journalistic integrity <laughs> with. Uh, Make, making sure that we get around to some key questions that we had discussed uh, that I know you wanted to get addressed. That's the me that was talking there. Okay, was the, okay. was the character, Zach, that I play on the podcast. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, let me let me transition from... Uh, I, I know we've spent a lot of time talking about the last issue of X Factor, but um, you definitely have room to breathe with this first issue of um, Trial of Magneto. Uh, it's oversized. It's 40-plus pages. And Wernick is, I feel like Wernick is kind of channeling some of David's tricks on his uh, page layouts. Um, is that something that's a result of how you're scripting and what your relationship is um, with sort of communicating with artists now? Uh, I'm just seeing like some of the, you know, different like there, ways there's a that page that laying. was in the preview was in a preview that Marvel had sent out unlettered of like this two page spread of Wanda uh, her corpse and people, you know, just different screenshots and they're paneled within uh, like vines and greenery and things yeah, like that. Yeah, let me which show is... you the way that I scripted that. Um, so, uh, Adam, to answer your question, like, yes, absolutely. My um, experience with David Baldion has forever changed the way that I uh, work with artists because um, now... I'm 
so much more open about encouraging like, no, I want you to experiment. I want you mm. to go off book mm-hmm. and uh, like, you know, if, if something sparks in your head, do not feel compelled to um, stick with stuff the way that I've written it. So uh, with that double page spread, um, I got as specific as kind of indicating, I'm going to take a picture of it right now. Um, <laughs> wait, I don't want you to see how dirty my room is. Leah, I've seen your desktop, uh, which, <laughs> which, which is a chaos mess of, I want to say about 400 different files. So 400. I mean, chaos It's like 30,000. Oh my gosh, girl, please get help. Oh my God. Okay. What? I just airdropped my, it's 40,001 because I just airdropped myself this picture so I can send it to you guys. Um, so <laughs> this is, I, I just don't use my desktop. I don't look at it. Okay. So you've, you've shared an image of, uh, an image of the, <laughs> so this is the script you this is the... this isn't the script the script itself was like let me see if i can find it get a screenshot of that too i mean um, i assume the script is like in script form yeah it's it's this but in script form and then me realizing like you know what time for bunny stickers and a crudely drawn diagram yeah folks this is a piece of adam what's this like dot paper this is um, uh, this is uh looks like eleven by seventeen. Well, yeah. um, okay, it's, and it's I'll take a picture. It's an eight and a half and eleven, or is it just folded in half? Or is it just eight and a half by eleven folded in I half? I don't think. Leah, like do you have zine. access to eleven by and, seventeen sheets of paper at you your ready? What? You guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you. This you is my. But the layout, the layout. It, we got to explain this because we're an audio medium. But what we're looking at is a two-page spread on a folded-in-half piece of paper. And instead of panels, there's arrows and little cute bunny stickers. And it says Wanda's death on one side and Wanda's autopsy on the other. Um, and this is glorious. I love it. Well, this shows you how open you are to, you know, letting Wernick do his well, thing. Well, yeah. So this is like, okay, first of all, this is my Wanda notebook. I um, do uh, like project-based notebooks for every new thing because it helps me organize my thoughts. Ooh. So I've gotten like bougie and I get custom notebooks now. Um, so this is like my designated Wanda notebook and it's dot paper, um, like you know, used for bullet journals and whatever. And I think the size is a something I can't remember, but it's perfect. I love it. And, um, so for, I, for our listeners who can't see this, we are looking at a custom, uh, hardcover journal that says Wanda and Leah Williams on the front with all kinds of little magic symbols. It's awesome. <laughs> thank you. I, I think it's perfect for, for this project. It came from, Papier.com, like the French word for paper. Anyway, so um, the script for this is more or less, and this is something that I picked up through David, circling back to like your original question and what the point of this whole exercise was. Um, This is definitely something I picked up through David. And it's like, I communicate the the story and nothing else. Um, Like 
the necessities of what has to happen for story reasons. And then I might suggest um, things in terms of like, uh, let's see, you know, symbolically, it would mean a lot if, um, you know, one side of the double page spread was uh, this, and then the other side of the double page spread was this, and then, you know, Wanda was in the center, like the shared center of a Venn diagram, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I always make sure to stress that, like, that's just a suggestion. If you have your own ideas, feel free to riff with it. Um, do your own thing. And I was just talking to Jordan earlier today about this splash page. Jordan Jordan D. White, yeah, uh, yeah. editor, senior editor for Etzman. Yes. Jordan D. White, yeah. Um, he's my editor on Trial of Magneto now. And um, I was just talking to him earlier today about this stunning splash page that Lucas did in issue two. Um, mm -hmm. So there's this location that you'll see in the end of issue one um that i have been calling the eldritch orchard uh that's what i call it in my script as like a shorthand and when i talk to lucas about it um i i tell him like okay this part's set in the eldritch orchard which you're in charge of building out the visuals for this the way that you mm -hmm. want to so this splash page in issue two uh, that I just saw is in the Eldritch Orchard, which is totally, totally, um, like all I give is, is the significance and the story of what's happening there. And I've completely left the visuals up to Lucas. I'll give suggestions, um, but then I'll always say like, just a suggestion. So the splash page that he just drew in issue two, I had scripted as like, okay, so here's what needs to happen. Here's my first thought. I think it could be um, like a grid page where we see this or, you know, do your own thing. Like you can make it um, however many panels you want. And he was like, actually, I'm just going to do a really, really gorgeous splash page that you're going to be obsessed with. <laughs> like I'm... I'm just going to stunt on him here. And I, I'm just obsessed with the way he brings magic to life. Yeah. I don't want to spoil the, the last page of the first issue, but that is an absolutely gorgeous page. Stunning. Uh, you know, I, I think even the preview images that got released are not necessarily giving uh, justice to the final art that people are going to see in this issue. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it's it's a really beautiful beautiful book and I'm, I'm excited for the rest of it now let's 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 chat a bit about this so magneto's not a small character nope. uh, by any means he he's, he's a massive boy and he's been on trial before <laughs> uh so this one this one's a bit different though since this one is a trial for the murder of someone he saw as his daughter um I think it's fair to say Wanda Maximoff as a character has been on the downturn among X-Men fans over the last 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think that's, I think that's fair to say she's not been the most popular person. Something that has been reflected in the storyline with her being the pretender Wanda Maximoff mm -hmm. uh, or claimed that. Why was a story about her something that you wanted to, you know, explore since she has been 
kind of on the periphery of X-Men stuff, really her entire, her entire existence. Like she was in the first, you know, year or so of the X-Men books, but really has had been a non-factor since then until House of M. I'm interested in building empathy engines. Um, Mm -hmm. I am like a Wanda sympathizer and a Magneto sympathizer. Um, So I, I have always wanted to kind of rehabilitate her image with um, mutants and kind of bring her powers into a place of uh, being empowering rather than Mm -hmm. um, being a variable, um, which, you know, chaos magic by default is, always going to be a kind of a variable but uh in her case have it not be something that's born out of like trauma and you know mental illness um i i wanted to heal this rift and i'm i was at the time writing the murder book so (laughs) what other (laughs) opening did i have (laughs) that's so i i think it's interesting because you know x-factor was not a comedy book by any means, but David is an excellent visual comedian. I think I think we all agree on that. Uh, and and you you're a fairly funny person. I think that's also fair. Uh, Trial of Magneto is probably a bit more serious uh, in tone than the rest of it. Was there was there a challenge for you to kind of focus on the bigness and the importantness of one of the founders of Krakoa being put on trial for the murder of an Avenger? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have been worried. I'm always worried that I'm being too silly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's not... I'm not trying to downplay anything that's happening, but... In my head, I hate reading like grimdark, edgelord, um, you know, stories that constantly batter you in the emotions. They feel manipulative to me. So mm-hmm. my approach to, you know, not wanting to people feel brought down and and burdened by what they're reading, because Krakoa is supposed to be an escape, um, is to find ways of bringing heart and authenticity into what I'm writing. Um, That's, I think, the best way to approach levity in these stories um, that I'm telling. And uh, I have been worried that uh, there's no room for it in Trial of Magneto. Like, the script for the first issue is actually 30 pages. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be longer with like data pages and title pages, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty packed as it is. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot to accomplish, a lot of characters that I have to account for huge, huge cast. Um, so there's not, there's not a whole lot of downtime. And, uh, that's been the biggest challenge, um, in, in terms of, of my desired approach to this story, because I like, I like the downtime. I like the quiet moments that we get with characters where we really get to see who they are as a person and not just 
when they're punching stuff or punching mm-hmm. each other. I, I think that <laughs> it's more humanizing. Um, but I think that Krakoa itself as a location offers a lot of opportunities to find those moments. Like in the first issue, well, there's a tiki bar. <laughs> there, is, there is a there is a emotional tiki bar scene. There. One I was not expecting. It's fantastic. It's a great issue. I'm excited for folks to uh, see it. Uh, now, the last time Magneto had a trial, it was the defining story for him for a, a good long time, and for many readers, probably the defining Magneto story. Um, do you expect something similar for this? Do you expect those those great heights? I mean, you call a story the trial of Magneto. Uh, that's like that's like calling a story the sequel to Inferno. Uh, you better pay attention when people use those words. Yeah, but I didn't title it that. That wasn't my choice. <laughs> you know that was a marketing choice. <laughs> I actually did not know that was a marketing oh, choice. Oh, come on. <laughs> Would I ever no. pitch something called Trial of Magneto? I don't <laughs> I don't have the hubris. You're 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 not Papa Hickman, is the thing. No, I'm not. And you know, fans love to remind me of that all the time. Um there will be articles praising Hickman for his work here on Trial of Magneto. Uh, and stuff that people like about it will be attributed to Jonathan Hickman because that's been how it is so far. Um, there's a lot of stuff that people liked about X Factor that got attributed to Jonathan Hickman. Um, and he feels genuinely about it, even though it's never his fault. (laughs) It's those dang comic book journalists. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, like, you know what my goal is for Trial of Magneto. It is not to write the new defining Magneto story. It is to write an empathy engine. That is what Mm -hmm. I'm about. That is what I'm good at. That's what I care about. And, um, that is my goal. It is, it is not to be the, the new defining Magneto book. It's, it's to authentically tell this story that's really going to be about healing um, and catharsis. Well, I think you're off to a great start. Um, and, you know, to Zach's point about having, or what you were talking about in terms of having room to breathe and, and maybe have like a, a moment of silliness. I think the heart, the, the emotion that uh, you get across in that first issue is, is pretty significant. So um, I'm excited to read the rest of it. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Um, now, Zach, I believe we had quite a few Twitter questions uh, for Leah. Yeah, Leah, Leah. Even even while you're in exile, even while you're in exile, uh, you are still popular on the Twitter. <laughs> people people so, are excited about this book called The Trial of Magneto, yeah. uh, where television character the Scarlet Witch was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it might be a big deal. Who knows? Uh, but we have we have a few questions. We will not get to most of them, but there are a few that we wanted to uh, jump in with. So uh, Dave, the Comic Book Herald at Comic Book Herald, asks if you were writing the Trial of Magneto, or I'm sorry, because this is a pun. If you were writing the Trail of Magneto, what do you think Mags would pack in his trail mix? 
I'm like racking my brain to try and think about like canonically what are his food preferences. Um, does well, he, he ate eat lobster once? That's all I know, really. I, yeah, I'm thinking like, does he eat kosher? Wait, what about the lobster? Like, I I can't Isn't picture not him. Kosher trail mix. I feel like trail mix is fairly. I'm not I'm not up on it, but I feel like trail mix is fairly kosher. Like, there's not a lot of pork in trail mix, is there? There's like M and M's. Yeah, but what if there's you know like pork jerky or something like that? Like, there's there's ways of making it not kosher, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but there's also beef alternatives to jerky that are very preferable for a lot of people. True. I think my problem with this question is that I cannot picture Magneto eating trail mix. I cannot picture him eating anything with his bare hands. Like, unless it is, you know, culturally significant, like he's eating Ethiopian food or something, I cannot picture him grazing a handful of popcorn or trail mix, like like a horse eating out of your hand. You know what I mean? He's too dignified. He's too elegant for that. Right, right. That's good. Uh, the, only, the only good and pure person on Twitter, Asimov Fangirl, uh, asks, Hi, off-topic query. If the ex-office... Writers, artists, colors, editors, etc. were chosen to be the Sailor Senshai. Who would be picked? Will JDW be a sailor or will he be more like Luna, the magical talking cat? He'd definitely be Luna because he's exasperated frequently. Um, I do believe I do believe on his podcast Sailor Business, the cover art was him dressed as Luna, the magical talking cat. 100%. So that does without track. question. Yeah. I would be Usagi because I'm um a very loud, clumsy crybaby who loves snacks mm. and naps. Um, I think Hickman would be... I'm going to skip that one and come back. I think Teeny would be Sailor Mars. Um, Vita... I don't know who Vita would be. I don't I, I don't know any Sailor Moon. I have no idea. I figured Leo would, though. <laughs> I mean, I've... Teeny and Vita and I have had this exact conversation before too. I love it. So if I and and we that's that's Teeny Howard and Vita Ayala, writers on fellow ex writers and also yeah my best friends like my very best friends. Um, we have conversations like this all the time. One time it was like, okay, so out of the ex slack. Um, who would be who in terms of viral internet babies. And it was like this whole thing. We, we made a day of it and had so much fun. And then definitely like Sailor Scouts was a whole nother conversation. If I searched our Discord for Cheesy Sailor up. Scout, um, <laughs> it would indeed it's have results. <laughs> It's weird that you. It's weird that you can do that, though. I, I like that. Yeah, our Slack uh, uh, erases our uh, past conversations. Well, that's that's because that's because some people who run the site don't want to pay for the pro Slack. I, I think that's probably appropriate for our operation. It's the, it's the it same with us. It would cost like five hundred dollars a month. I comics journalism does not pay that well i'm gonna be honest <laughs> we uh, it's the same way with the x office slack um the i messages love are disappearing <laughs> and like don't archive it it's great no and we um and we talk so much 
and shit posts so much that it's for the best. It doesn't get archived. It's like slow motion Snapchat, basically. And that's why I have 40,000 screenshots on my desktop because I want to keep, yeah, (laughs) I want to keep everything. And then last month, uh, we, no, it was June. We had a single month where the archive was accessible and and I went nuts. It was amazing. If, if you come up with any Sailor Scout uh, answers, we'll let uh, number one content consumer Asimov fangirl know. Uh, but uh, Tim Maytom at Trivia Lad said, Hey, Adam, Zach, and Leah. I know Leah has a lot of love for X-Men stories of the past, but what's your history with the Avengers? Do you have any favorite story arcs or runs? Not really. Um... Oh my gosh, you do like the X-Men, don't you? <laughs> that's the most X-Men answer I've ever heard. Yeah, and like, that's why! The Avengers. That's why. It's because I'm used to having the Avengers presented to me from this, like, antagonist position, being an X-Stan. So, I really liked Avengers Academy. I thought that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I'm I'm like biased, but also I've had to overcome that bias uh, for the purposes of this story because obviously, I think you've seen the art already, mm-hmm. where you, like you know there will be Avengers involved. That was in that was in either the preview video or something, but we do know that an android can cry. Right. Right. Um, exactly. We have okay. been shown that. Right. Um. And that's actually been a really pleasant experience for me, like doing my research for how to get their voices right and what their character motivations would be coming into this. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to know them more. That's that's good. Uh, at Lost in Krakoa uh, asks, uh, why is Magneto in his black costume instead of the t- out costume that he wore in the first trial of Magneto? Um, well, why do you think someone would wear black? I mean, why would somebody... uh, To a trial, why would somebody wear a out costume, I think is a question. But that's a question for John Romita Jr. (laughs) Okay, here's the last one. We can just ask. It's from Quincroft97. Uh, is iBoy gonna be okay? Is is, is our soft little boy gonna be okay? Okay. Yeah, he... I I think that's... He and Prodigy um, and uh, Tommy are, they're okay. Tommy is as okay as he can be given the circumstances. But Prodigy and iBoy are like his babysitters and helping him. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's got to be weird when your secret soul mom uh, dies. That's got to be a weird situation. Uh, But... You know, Trial of Magneto comes out in a couple of days, so folks get to experience all of this for themselves. Uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, Leah, what else do you have on the docket that you want to let people know about? Any social medias, substacks, things like that? They're very hot these days. Um, I am going to be transitioning over to substack. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you can find me there under Leah Williams. I'm still figuring out how it works and um, what I have to offer people in terms of like behind the scenes um, glimpses at my process. So far, my biggest idea is um, kind of a public decluttering of my desktop, as as we've talked about, uh, where 
every week I kind of take the like bottom 10 screenshots and post them and explain what they were and what was going on and why I have this bizarre screenshot. Uh, and um, you can find me on social media. I'm handaxe on Instagram and I don't post much, um, but I, I do lurk a lot. I lurk a whole lot. You have some weird stories from time to time that may be interesting to people who enjoy weird niche content about the internet. Weird stories. Oh, you mean like Instagram stories? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Instagram stories. I thought you meant like life stories. And I was like... No, you also I... have those. Well, that's I, a different... maybe pre-pandemic, but, you know... <laughs> not a whole lot of opportunity to go out and have a weird story happen to me in the past year and a half. Well, good, good. Uh, as for as for us, you can find everything that I do over on ComicsXF, where I run the site for people. I write stuff occasionally, but not much. Better people are writing now, so it's all good there. Uh, and then you can follow the site on Twitter at ComicsXF. Adam, what do you got going on? Folks, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. And uh, if you missed it last week, make sure you uh, check out the latest episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths, where I guest star and we talk about Executioner's Song. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I imagine it's delightful. <laughs> I've not listened to it yet. It's not public. It, no, I can go up. look. But... It's not up as of us recording, but as of this episode, it'll be up. Oh, yeah. Go go to the go to the Patreon. It's comic it's patreon.com slash comicsxf. It pays for everything. Uh, and it's a cool thing. We You can get a story. Like next week, how we're going to talk about a bunch of Daredevil stories that do tie to X-Men. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. Uh, and until then, folks, this has been Val the Atom. We ho Wait, no, hold on. Leah, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always good to check in with you guys and chat. All right, folks. But until then, this has been Val the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!